for men. And we were hunters. And our job was to bring home the animal for the family to eat. And I looked at our sales numbers one month, and I'm like, you men are proud to bring home an antler or just the leg. We were on psychedelics, okay? I don't know which one. It's been a long time, okay? (laughs) We were sneaking into a music festival, and we saw this fox. And I swear to God to you, this fox looks back at us and kind of nods like, come this way. Come this way. There's a lot of cool things coming. And the more that we wake up to it, and you got to get with it, you know? Things are coming. Mm-hmm. Women are coming and roofing. AI's coming and roofing. Mm-hmm. Everything's coming. So you better get with it or die feeling it. Tim Brown, Hook Agency. This is the Hook Better Leads Podcast. And today I have Jacob Fox with me from Frazier Roofing. How you doing, man? Doing good, brother. How you doing? I'm doing very good. We are talking about treating sales like you're a business owner. You said that one of the major mistakes that a lot of roofing salespeople make is that they act like they are a W-2 employee when they really are not. There may be a 1099, but the point is, is acting like you're a business owner. So tell me what this real, what's the real mistake and maybe work in some of your background here. So honestly, there's a video a couple of years back that I think is really genius. Um, Pretty much everyone in sales is probably familiar with Sam Taggart. Good guy. Um, And he is speaking at a conference one day and he goes, everyone raise your hand, raise your hand. If you had your company paid for you to come here today and like 90% of the crowd raises their hand, he goes, that's what's wrong with you. You don't know how to invest into yourself and you're not going to take initiative unless you invest into yourself. And many people actually teach this philosophy, whether it's a book they're selling you, Dave Ramsey selling the money makeover book for 150 bucks, because he knows if you spend 150 bucks, you'll more than likely read it. When you come out of a pain, okay, when you come out of pocket, the things you're going to take more seriously is, is going to elevate. You're going to yeah. learn, you're going to pay attention more, and not a people invest in themselves. They don't spend mm. nearly anything into their own knowledge. They don't pay for their own leads. They don't knock their own doors. They don't pay for their own marketing. They walk into an office and they expect a buffet and they want you to feed them and cook the food and prepare the table and put the silverware down and bring you a glass of water with new ice in it. Like it's just, they expect you to do everything and they wonder why they never grow or elevate. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the other things I see is like people don't want enough money. They don't like they like <laughs> they tell them or they don't believe they can achieve it. Yeah. Like I wish I mean it's hard, it's a weird thing to say, but I think a lot more roofing company owners, like if you're at 150, I think there's a lot of uh like personal income for a salesperson. Like uh, one, if you're an owner, you want people to go past it, I promise. Like it's more efficient. And then two, if you're a salesperson, like there really is 200 is a real number in roofing Absolutely. sales. Like let, let's, let's not, let's not cap ourselves because we covered the, the basics, you know what I mean? In our personal lives. And that's, that's a thing that I think is a belief thing with some uh, salespeople where they kind of get stuck on their, like 150 is fine for me. No, I get that. I get that. But like, what can you do with more? Yeah. And it's almost like they're ashamed to say what they truly want. Mm-hmm. And it's a mindset. Like, why not? And I, and I actually brought something out to a couple of our sales guys one time. And I said, what did men do in the early days? What was work in the early days for men? And we were hunters. And our job was to bring home the animal for the family to eat. 
And I looked at our sales numbers one month and I'm like, you men are proud to bring home an antler or just the leg and go, ta-da, look what I did. (laughs) And one of the best analogies I've seen with that is I saw this pastor one time. And it's funny because I think Ben Menchaca shared this story too. And I was also a friend of of Francis Chan, but this Francis Chan pastor, he put up a balance beam like uh, that you would walk on in gymnastics. And he goes, imagine you're watching the Olympics and you just see someone go up and just straddle it and don't move. And then they jump off the balance beam, throw their hands in the air and go, ta-da, what do you expect the judges to do? Okay. They'd be like, what did you do? Like, you want us to be proud of you, but you didn't do anything. Like, what do you expect a 10? Like, what do you want me to do here? And I look at the guys, I'm like, look, you have a family. You have a wife. Maybe you have a husband, a daughter, a son, grandparents, your parents. If you're not doing it for yourself, do it for them. These people deserve a spouse that wants to be the best they can be. And nothing is, and nothing is harder than when the you today meets the you you could have been. And that's a hard day to face in the mirror. And so people go, well, I'm satisfied with this. I don't ever want to be satisfied with mediocre. I don't need to be the guy driving around a Bugatti. I don't. It's not my personality type, but I'm never going to stop being able to afford that Bugatti. I want to be able to take care of my family the most I absolutely can. And people go, well, I'm satisfied with this. Well, that means you're going to be satisfied going home early. That means you're going to be satisfied not calling the customer on time. That means you're going to be satisfied with not hitting quota. That means you, I'm so, I want to treat where I'm at as if I'm so grateful to be there. I want my work to be a representation of my gratitude to the ownership around me. Mm. And when you say I'm happy with, that means I don't want to give you back. It means this is what I need from me. And it's a selfish mindset. Yeah. I think some people like, you know, the people that are cool with chilling, Sometimes I wonder, one, are you medicated? Let's not talk about that. But two, (laughs) like trying to get rid of anxiety and things like that, like trying to rid ourselves of discomfort, like that is a lot of that mode. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's a thing where we get stuck because discomfort is not unusual. You know what I mean? Like we shouldn't, we shouldn't be, I mean, it's, it's okay to be uncomfortable. And I think that that's, a lot of folks really are cool with that. Like, and also there's like later in the season, things that happen. And this is early in the season right now when we're recording this, but later in the season, things that happen. And they're like, well, I did 150 personal income and I'm good. You know what I mean? And I, and I have projects to manage and things like that. So talk to me about that, that discomfort with the fulfilling on the work that's been sold. Like where, where is your company at on that? And how do you, how do you suggest people handle that when they feel like they got too many projects to help ensure they go through, you know what I mean? So when they're overwhelmed by the amount of influx they're getting? Well, also just like the work that's already been sold, like they're just making sure to project manage those things and stuff like that. Or do you guys have project managers separate? So yes, yes and no. So I never take myself out of the job Mm -hmm. and no sales guy ever should. Yeah. I don't ever hand it off and expect you to run it down the rest of the lane. This is not a baton pass. Yeah. It's, it's not. I'm still running that race. I might hand you that baton, but I'm running beside you to make sure things get done in the proper mm-hmm. way. Now, you're going to have a little bit of energy I have, but when you treat it like a baton po- toss, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is, you're going to lose. And so I have a project manager. 
Okay. But I have been told by those who don't quite understand it and some who love it, who understand it, that they're like, well, Jacob, you micromanage. And I'm like, I don't micromanage. I make sure the job gets done to the point that satisfies the homeowner. Mm -hmm. So I can have a job supervisor, but I'm going to pull up and I'm going to make sure that yard looks spick and span. And I want that homeowner to see me. I'm not selling you and disappearing. I also have the job supervisor send me pictures every hour on the hour because that's my job to send that to the homeowner to let them know I'm engaged with their project. I don't want you to think that I disappeared and someone else should have been your job and built it. Many times I'm there. I don't have to be. We have job supervisors. Um, but that is something personally I do. I need that landscaping right. One thing roofers never do, they never post it during the build. I'll post every job mid-build. I do not care. It's not going to be a mess. I want the mother pushing her stroller down the street to walk by and go, man, that's a clean job site. I think it's very vital. Um, and so um, – yeah, I, I like – I want to just touch base on this piece right now. Project management, you're saying you have people doing it, but you are taking full responsibility for the quality and cleanliness of that job. 100%. There's, there's, a, a, lot of, there's a lot of salespeople that um, – basically don't do that. So would you say that that's a lack of owner's mindset in their, in their position? What if they are actually W2, by the way, if they are W2, that means they don't want to be there. Like me, I'm so excited for Frazier's success. Like I yeah. get excited over everything that goes great. A lot of sales guys, they'll see a guy who is brand new and they just closed a $2 million roof. And they're like, Oh, why couldn't that have been me? Like, man, you come in and you close a $2 million roof. I'm stoked for the company. I'm like, that's freaking awesome. Um, so yes, it is, it is their job to ensure that the job goes smoothly. I think that's a vital part of it that people forget. I want the build to go smooth. I want the supervision to go smooth. I'm sending a follow-up text message to the homeowner. Hey, how was Ramon? How was Jeff? How was Cameron? Was everything A to your specs? And what can I do to do a final walkthrough to make sure everything else is insured properly? I think that is so vital because it's treating it like you already, because what would you do if it was your company? If it was your company, you would be out there making sure everything was tip top all the way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the thing is people refer you because they begin to believe you're the, you're the owner of the company. Most of my clients believe I'm the owner of Fraser Roof. Yeah, that's so funny. Like I, I hear that from a lot of top reps in the company they they act they're like in the way they're posting on social too makes it seem like they're the owner a little bit it's like yeah you have such ownership and intensity around this that it feels like you and why would it not the other thing i like too grant cardone says like if somebody let's say somebody owns a business and you're selling to them that you should they should want to hire you after yeah. you get done so you're so sharp and you're so present and you're so comprehensive with everything that they're like, can I, is this person, can I get them to, you know, that's scary for an owner to hear, but like, that's a great mindset to be in. Like if you're a rep and that person owned a business, they would want to hire you because you're just on it. Like think of it, like we're so, we're so tip top in, in interviews when we're interviewing for things like that's like your best moment, right? You're like in that right, like that's a good mode to go into a, a sale. I think a little bit. It gives the homeowner confidence in you. It gives mm -hmm. the client confidence. It's like you're in ownership. You're taking ownership of my job. It comes off more alpha. It's um, – and Deshaun yeah. Bryant called it the bulldog mindset. You're taking ownership. And that yeah. homeowner knows they can call no matter what. They're going to know that you're going to answer. They know that you're going to be on time. Um, 
I think it should be taken to an extreme. Like, I will tell you a story that happened yesterday. Yesterday morning, I have certain days throughout the week because I, I do get a ton of phone calls where I attribute some inspections throughout the week to a guy we pay a full-time salary to to run my inspections for me on the days that I'm overbooked, okay? And he missed one on the Google Calendar invite for him to make it to a client's house. So the client texts me at 8.40 and was like, man, they didn't show. And I said, I called immediately. I said, that's unacceptable. I knew exactly what the problem was with this roof. And I said, lateness and missing an appointment is unacceptable. Your roof repair is 100% on me. And I paid for it. Frazier didn't pay for it. I paid for it. Because it's the referral that goes, Jacob took care of this. We took the initiative. And I finished the repair the same day. Knocked out the repair on his roof. Got my team out there and knocked it out. That's taking extreme ownership. Mm. And I think there's a phrase that Joe Rogan used, and I've quoted it several times. Insanity and greatness are next door neighbors, and we borrow each other's sugar. Okay, mm, I like that quote. That's it, good. It's so good, and it, yeah. and I and I live by that because it's so true. And I'm going. I do not care. That's my name on the line. People called me. They don't call Frazier. I do things under Frazier, but they're calling Jacob Fox. That's who they called. And I want them to remember that. And everybody should live like that because your life will only elevate. Yeah, I always say, like, there's something about growth as a business owner. Uh, growing, and I'm sure there's relation to sales too, but, like, it's kind of neurotic. Like, it's not necessarily, like, there's, it's not particularly logical sometimes. Like, you can be a small business owner with, like, three employees and make really good money. Or like you can like, oh, we're going to go to 50 people and 100 people or whatever. You know, you could just keep on going. But it's kind of neurotic because there's like the, the trade-offs don't always make sense. It's a little to take an extra like your, your life is just completely in it with this business now. Like everything is about this business. It's actually kind of it's insane. Yeah, it's but and you're not getting that much more money for a while. You know what I mean? It's like, and maybe you are eventually, but in the meantime, it's kind of insane. You know what I mean? And so, growing a business is a little ridiculous sometimes. I I really believe that. And like, if somebody asks you, like, "Oh, why are you doing that?" It's like, there's something is neurotic, but it's also like it's there's a, it's the good part of the ego. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's something good about that. Like, and you're there's kind a of healthy about, ego. Yeah. I want part of my ego is I want to help. Like I want to make money. Okay. I want to make money and I want to make something really cool. That's kind of bigger and like fucking cooler. Right. Like, and then additionally part of that ego too is like, I want to change people's lives. Like I want to like make a big impact and I want people to know who Tim Brown is. You know what I mean? Like, so there's like a lot of this kind of like, it's like, not that crazy far away from what, what someone could call negative part of ego. But I am yeah. in the process helping people. And to make money, you have to help a lot of people, right? Yeah. And you need people to have some arrogance. I have never seen this movie, but I keep seeing a, a snippet of it, okay? And I don't remember the actor, but he's a, he's a chef. And there's this young guy making sandwiches, and he wants to work at his shop. And he goes um, – and the guy's like, I would love to work for you. He goes, would you work for me for free? And the guy said, yeah, I would. I'd work for you for free. And he goes, 
Would you pay me to work for me? It's time you rethink roofing. Okay, so Refresh, Repair, Restore is not just spraying oil on a roof and rejuvenating the roof. We go in and we soft wash the roof. We have to get rid of that algae because that algae actually takes root in your shingles and is tearing your uh, shingle apart on a micro level. So we clean that roof, we get it spotless, we do the necessary repairs that need to be done to your roof, and then we rejuvenate it and bring it back to life. Make repairs profitable. Offer rejuvenation. Uglyroof.com. Would you pay me to work for me? And he like sits there, think about it, and he's eating this new chef sandwich or whatever he made. And he goes, see, that's the thing. You lack arrogance. And you have to have arrogance to work in one of my restaurants. That's what he told the guy that wanted to work for huh. And he's okay. like, you got to have your own self-confidence. Don't, don't let anyone, even including myself, beat up on you. You can't. you got to be a little more cocky than you are. Because mm -hmm. if you were going to say, yes, that you pay me to work for me, we've already got a problem. You don't belong in my restaurant. And he goes, and he goes, you're a phenomenal cook, but you got to have some arrogance. You got to have some confidence. And there's a, there's a healthy level and there's a bad level. Yeah. And well, it's, it's properly estimating things. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I see people that have arrogance around things that don't matter. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's the difference. It's like, you mean roofing arrogance and roofing that doesn't well, I'm matter. I'm just saying like, Let's no. just talk about like, for instance, like social media clout. It's literally almost nothing. Like it's fine. Fine. If you can make business happen from it, but it's not properly estimating something. If business doesn't actually come, if you can't feed your family from it, it's nothing. Like don't have arrogance around stuff. That's nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? Have arrogance around stuff that creates like, like have pride and have like pride of ownership in the, like I help people and I make, I can create income and I can feed my family off of this. That's something that's like, you can properly yes. estimate that. It's just weird to me when I see people are arrogant about stuff that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look at your family matters. I'm the greatest roofer of all time. Yeah. yeah. Here's my paddock watch and my other one. Of yeah. I mean, Hey, if the, you got the watch. I mean, Hey, that's an indicator. That's even better than what I'm talking about. It's like ultimately because it does relate back to I can feed my family, which is good. Yeah. I I really believe in creating large amounts of income because I believe it's required for a lot of things in life. And I think, yeah. So, I okay. Think, yeah, let's, I, I, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. I want to I wanna tell a brief story because we talked about it beforehand. Funny because you're, you're saying your thing is the fox. You have, you have like you wear, okay, you gotta tell me this. You wear Daisy Dukes on roofs? Per <laughs> yeah, that, personally? that's how it kind of started. So my last name is pronounced two ways, okay? Technically three, but and, there, and there's no way that it's pr more proper than the other one. Every family with my last name pronounces it differently, okay? okay. So it's also with an accent. We say the word fox with an accent. It's a fuchs, okay? And in America, okay. we would say fuchs, okay? okay. Fuchs rhymed with dukes. So they called me the days we put, I put on the short shorts and they called me Daisy Fuchs. Okay. Dude. And the reason I did the short shorts is years ago, I used to bodybuild. So I got really big legs. It was a kind of a gotcha. combo. I got really wide legs, real muscular legs. And so I would wear these Daisy Dukes and people went completely nuts over it. And I did not expect it. It was just a comedy thing, but my phone blew up. The internet, Facebook, people all over the Atlanta market, other markets, they went crazy for it. And if people want to ask, oh, really, what launched it? 
was wearing those Daisy Dukes. I would go into a Braves game or yeah. I'll be at a party or somewhere in, you know, different shops in Atlanta. You're the short shorts roof guy or you're the yeah. first trap roofer. I got that a yeah, lot. Dude. That was That's funny. so funny. And I love, I love that you're bringing humor into it. And like, that's kind of, I mean, that's interesting and weird, which I love how weird and interesting that is. You got to be memorable for something yeah. in a positive way. And yeah. it worked out really, really good. So everyone called me the Daisy Fuchs. I sold a shirt. I'm not sure if you ever saw the shirt or not years ago. It said Allstate calls me daddy on the back of it. Oh. It had Daisy Fuchs on the front. That was me. So I would wear the short shorts in the back yes. of my shirt. said Allstate calls me daddy. And it was great. Yeah. So that was hilarious. Back when, it was back when Allstate was impossible to get anything bought. And I was really good at getting them to buy things. So I would rock yeah. the shirt and sell it to roofers. And, yeah, um, I and it was, I'll just say this, dude. Can I just take a, a side for a second? Whenever I'm talking to like an, a, a salesperson who excels, they're not the ones complaining about insurance companies. They're not. It's weird. Like I, I'm, I was talking to, I was making fun of uh, State Farm with uh, my buddy Dan Walrack the other day. Because have you seen Dan's like $18 million story from this past year? It's insane, bro. Anyways, That's awesome. a- absolutely ridiculous. But I was literally, I was making fun of, State Farm, he's like, dude, I love, I love State Farm. And I'm like, see, and then you're just like, I love it all. You know what I mean? Like, it's like these, like when people get really good at working, working, you know, insurance companies, but he's like, he's also, I know a bunch of people from there. Like he, he knows, he knows all the people from there. There's a mindset. The mindset is real alpha is like a challenge. Yeah. It's not easy. We all know it's not easy, but we love to get it. Mr. Roger Pena got him approved after fighting three months with State Farm yesterday. 75-year-old man. Actually, he turned, he turned 80 this week. I, I'll stay corrected. Yeah. State Farm homeowner for 65 years. He told yeah. me a story when he was turned 17. His dad brought him in the office and got his first State Farm insurance on his vehicle. And um, and it was a battle. But the thing is, no, everybody wants the easy stuff. So we're riding in the car yesterday. And um, so I have Katie drive and do all my paperwork for me. Um, she's kind of handles the background stuff and she's scrolling down social media. And she is that goes, your wife or is that? Yeah. Just, okay. Yes. I, she by the, the way, principal. once again, that's another principle I see with Dan, his wife like supported a ton of stuff and was almost like his inside salesperson. Anyways, keep going. Yeah. Like I, I'm not going to hide anything. So she, she brought yeah. this here and this is free. She says on this piece of paper, watch this. You can't read it your way, but it says practice the pause. That oh, she writes yeah. that as for me to respect you when you're talking and to learn to pause. So she does. She she always keeps me in check. Okay, mm. I'm not ashamed of what I have that checks me. Okay, because roofers love to talk, and it's a bad habit. We got to learn to listen too. So that's me too. That's probably why I get along with roofers, <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, she's scrolling through social media yesterday, and she sees another roofer go. Is so and so insurance hard? And she looks at me, and she goes. Because she knows from my – she goes, does it matter? She's like – because she, she's learned from my habit. She's like, is it damaged? Like damage is damaged. Like who cares who's hard? Like you're not going to treat it any differently. You just got to go in and do your job. Like we don't – I don't think about it and, you know, I don't, it's not mm. something that crosses my mind. People want to just do turnkey. And when you do that, you kind of get imprisoned by it. Yeah. And it traps you. And one of the biggest freedoms I ever had was – I call it graduating out of insurance. I do tons of insurance. But when you build a reputation for doing something so long, my retail now exceeds my insurance claims. Mm-hmm. And people, when people escape that prison and that mindset of going, I want the easy way out, everything will elevate. 
I love that. Okay, I gotta tell my weird uh, back in the day story now. So, because we we had thought about naming our band "Follow the Fox" for a little bit, but anyways, the point was is we had this weird story. We were on psychedelics. Okay, I don't know which one. It's been a long time. Okay, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm sober twelve years, so this is a you know. Congrats! On wanna, awesome. Yeah, thank you very much. But anyways, so we were we we're sneaking into a music festival. So once criminal activities, you know what I mean? Like so. Nonetheless, we were sneaking into the music festival. When you're when you're uh, when you're poor, that's the type of shit you do. Um, not not advocating for it, but anyways, the point is, is we're tripping balls. We are walking, and we we're trying to find like the, the the opening to this music festival, and we saw this fox. And I swear to God, dude, this fox looks back at us and kind of nods, like "Come this way, come this way," and we're like, "No fucking way." Well, let's just try. Let's just try following it. And so we walked. And you know how, like, in a woods, there's always, like, paths where the animals are kind of going down this path. So we followed this they know, path. They know the ground. They know it. And so we followed this path. And as we followed it, it kind of came out. It, like, twisted and turned through the woods for a little while. And then it came to the spot where it was, like, the back stage of the event. And the backstage of the event, uh, we walked out. We kind of, you know, I don't know if any of you guys that are listening have ever done this, but if you're sneaking into somewhere where you're not supposed to be, like a lot of us, like, you know, let's say went into bars or something back in the day and um, when we were young. Uh, and we just kind of looked at each other like, we belong here. You know, we belong here. So we just kind of like, you know, go into that mode of we belong here. And then we walked into the backstage and ended up getting into the show. But the point is, actually, first of all, I wanted to tell that weird story because it was interesting and very kind of fun and serendipitous. And then two, there's a lot of lessons in this. And I, I don't know why I like to I like to extract lessons from weird old stories like this. But the other one being that that confidence to walk backstage at an event like I Belong is something... You know, you're talking about the bulldog and Deshaun Bryant talks about the dogs and the different personality types. But I belong here is an interesting and important kind of vibe when you're doing sales, whether you're doing um, door knocking and you're, you know, I know Becca teaches uh, the, the even like the tool belt, like, yep. you know, we belong here. We're in the area doing repairs, you know, um, and then also just anything in sales like acting like an authority and creating that vibe. Like we're going to take care of you. And this is what you're supposed to do. And that authority and that vibe of, I belong here can help you sell more deals. I don't know humans, if you agree with that, Jake, but I, I yeah. do. So humans yeah. are technically at nature, submissive creatures. We mm -hmm. are submissive creatures. Okay. We've always had to have a King. We've always had to have a leader. We've always had to have a government. We've, we've all, since the beginning of time, humans have, been submissive and if you ever pay attention the non-submissive ones are the achievers okay mm -hmm. um, by the way that was my spirit animal getting you into that concert i just want you to just to know yeah, that i like that's what i like to imagine yeah for sure <laughs> so it's it, and it's it is completely true um there's a level of confidence that you have um I had I had a homeowner miss anna she called me this morning i went out to her house three weeks ago to quote her on a roof and I told her what she didn't want, but she was struggling financially. 
And I, she called me up and she was like, Jacob, I want you. I just can't afford you. This guy's $6,000 cheaper, telling me he's going to do the same roofing system. And, I, and I'm just kind of bold and blunt. I'm like, can I ask you a question, Miss Hannah? After I told you not to give that roof for any of my expertise or knowledge, did you do it anyway? She goes, yes. I said, so he had no brains of his own. No, I just I wanted to get his thoughts on what you said. I'm like, okay, so he didn't mention these code items, anything to you. No, but I really want to go with you. And so she ended up going with the other company. Well, hmm. the roof is completely trash. <laughs> she called me this morning and she was like, thank you for taking ownership. I'm going to pay you to rip the whole roof off and put it back on. <laughs> so people just, the, and it's, I'm like, holy cow. So it went from budgeting to end up being double her expenses. But That's she's making, so funny. It, it, I mean, it happens all the time. But it happens to me I, too as a, as a website guy, by the way, too. I get that. I get the people coming back that are like, this thing sucks. Always. I'm sorry. Let's, let's redo this. Yeah. And um, so like, there's a level of confidence that you actually have an ownership. And I let people know that. I mean, look, here's what I'm going to do. I don't ask questions. This is what I'm here to do. I'm going to grab my ladder. We're going to take care of this. This is how we're going to do this. We're going to file this claim, or I'm going to go ahead and set you up for financing. And I move them in the direction. I don't even let them pick out their shingle color. I'm like, look, if I'm posting this on the internet, it's going to look good. I'm not putting some ugly color on your roof. <laughs> it's just I, everything I do is I try to do specific to my art, and I want them to trust that leadership. There's a way of doing that respectfully. But mm. they hired you. I'm not going to other fields that are expertise and bossing them around. I don't know. I'm not a plumber. Okay. I can't tell my plumber how he should do his job. And my, mm -hmm. I expect my plumber to come out there and come up to me with confidence. And yes. people lack it. They lack it. And who are that's, the most successful? Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say that's professionalism. Like, I just really believe in professionalism and specialization. You know what I mean? Like, in my business, I believe that. And I believe that in people that I'm hiring to do a job. Like, I believe in that. I believe. And I won't hire somebody that's not acting like a professional. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they're acting kind of like, you know, diminutive and I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to get another quote. You know what I mean? To be honest. Oh man. It, it blows my mind. Some of the stuff I see, especially when I'm getting quotes for certain things. Like I had yeah. three companies come out to quote me on trees and I'm not a quote guy. You're professional. I'm writing the check. I don't pick apart my pricing because I'm in sales. Like if you come out professional, I prompt like the first lady that came to my house, She's holding her toddler in her arm. We're, we're talking about a three-year-old boy while mm -hmm. smoking a cigarette in her mouth while he's in her arms, walking on my front porch with it lit while she's knocking my door, blowing the smoke in my – I'm like, oh my I'm like God. there's no way. There's no way this is real. Like where is – where is punked? Where's Ashton Kutcher? This, this can't be a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it continues to blow my mind what I actually see. That's and, um, absolutely insane. Oh, man, I would have hired the next person that came to my door immediately. <laughs> Dude, that is so funny. Um, well, I, I just so you know, my podcasts aren't super long. I, I usually go kind of quick, and I know you got something up next. Um, what is your time cut off here? Just to the... I'm actually okay. I pick up my daughter at noon. Um, okay. I set my morning aside. Uh, yeah. Aside for you, um, I I'm appreciate happy that very to, much. Of course, man. Yeah, it's, uh, calendars are vital, and I could not get through it unless I had, you know, Kitty knocking that schedule out for me. You don't even want to see it. It's crazy. I'm sure it's just like yours. <laughs> well, yeah, mine's mine's pretty busy, but you know, like as a business owner, I you know, and I'm the marketing manager for our company too. So. Um, I'm kind of like on partnerships and strategic stuff and, and marketing and then leadership. So yeah. I can kind of like, I can carve out 
you know, pretty big chunks if I want to. Um, One thing that people aren't doing enough when it comes to taking ownership and and we were just talking about marketing. When people, I don't, I don't pay for leads when I say I market. I'm not against it. I just couldn't handle the work if I did pay for leads. I'm overrun. Okay. So I did, you know, last month over probably 70 roof projects. That's a lot for one human being. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't do these massive humongous jobs. I get a lot of ordinary residential work and it just stacks up. It's a, it's, it's consistent where there's like two to three, at least one a day, some type of project. And one thing that I do is I have to reinvest that time or where I learned or where I got that client back into that market that I'm in. Um, and no one takes the time to actually pay for that type of marketing. So if you're in a certain area, I want to encourage sales guys to pay for events in your areas. Like come out of pocket a little bit. Like there is something that I, um, that I sponsor like Atlanta food festivals and things of that Mm -hmm. nature. I'm in that market. And so people out there know me and don't like, everyone's like, well, you know, I, I, my company should be able to pay for this. I'm like, why? Like, man, they pay you a good percentage, especially for guys who are paying 10, 50, 50. Now, if you're one of those companies who pays like, eight to 10% to your sales reps, then the company I think should pay for a little bit marketing because there's, there's plenty of money. Don't let them lie to you. Um, Mm -hmm. And so um, there's, there's time where you have to make that personal investment to grow, get your face out there. And no one does that nearly enough. And the more your face is out there, the more ownership you look like. Every banner has my face on it. Everything has my phone number. It's vital, nice. not just me. It's got my daughter on it. People know my family. When I go to a client's house and I knock on their door, they know my family already. Like, hey, man, how's Brooklyn this week? The first roof inspection. They know my daughter's name. They're very much engaged with who we are in the community. Um, and it, it it will truly set you apart from everything else. I just want to know that when I'm, talking to, when I'm talking to owners, I'm like, get your guys out to events, pay for them, do this, you know, uh, Get them into BNI, pay for them if you need to. But I'm saying that to the owners. If I was talking to reps, I'd be like, pay for some shit yourself. Top rep. We're doing top rep. It's great training. So you got to have that defined sales process, check Tokyo specifically. I don't understand how people make it with a defined sales process as an established company. But just starting out, you definitely need to have that because they need to know, like, and trust you through the whole process Mm -hmm. in order to give you money. Like, and I see, like, I can't, I'm talking about Dan a lot because I was hanging out with him. I was hanging out with yeah. Dave Taggart and Dan Walrak this week, which are both, like, beasts. And it's fun to yeah, good get people, some different vibes. Sure. Um, Dan was, uh, you know, he's, you can tell he's paying for a ton of, you know, he's paying for a ton of stuff in the community. He's not holding back. He's, he's acting like, I guess I didn't ask him that, whether he pays for it or not, though. So I shouldn't say that necessarily, but, um. He's, they are sponsoring a ton of stuff in that area, though. Sponsorships and events and, yeah. It's, it's huge, and it, it, will, it literally creates such a presence. I got an email last night. I got a buddy who owns a very popular restaurant in the Atlanta market. It's a very popular restaurant, um, and I go there all the time. And he wrote me a personal email last night. He's like, hey, Jacob, I really want to revamp the restaurant. I'm only sending this out to a couple of my friends. He's like, I'm going to sell 20 shares of my from my restaurant and he goes in stake of the ownership so i sit down last night and i'm like this is cool marketing like mm-hmm. so you know because it's it's a sports bar okay so yeah. i can 
it's not like a fancy restaurant where I can't have like company stuff in there. I will literally have coasters that have my face on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it at sports. And there's there's smart market. Not every kind of restaurant can you do it in, but this kind I can definitely get away with it in. And I'm like, so I sat down with Katie last night. I'm like, you want to buy like 20 shares of this restaurant? (laughs) We kind of have stuff on everything, you know? Like, because everyone's in there all the time. Everyone knows us in the area. And yeah. it, it just creates that ownership presence. Now, I'm all supported. And my company does back me up on a big investments. If something's 10000 I cover five, they cover five. Mm. Okay? We treat it like a partnership. Yeah. If something's like um, – or I'll use my monthly bonuses towards those type of items. Yeah. Um, there are things that are that nature. I got a huge event I'm doing. It's $10,000. And they're jumping in on this with me. Um, I love the wine events. I like that. Um, those are really big. Wine events are cool. And do things that feature people that are going to go to them that actually have checks to spend. Like, Ooh, don't, do, yeah. don't do events for people that don't have money. Do events hey. for people who have money. <laughs> That's a great point. Last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up here is the dynamic between you and your wife. Uh, I, I'm going to keep on doing this all March. Uh, it's Women in Roofing Month. And I think there's a lot of, there's, there's not, because of the egos thing, sometimes we don't give them as much credit as they maybe should get. So what is, what is your wife doing as part of this? Is your wife? Yep. It's my wife. Your, what We're is your wife uh, doing uh, behind the scenes maybe that she doesn't always get credit for uh, here on, on, that helps you guys make more money? So one thing I have learned is there's quite a few things she does. If we're in the field, she's doing the driving so I can do paperwork, handle phone calls, and respond to clients. I don't need to text and drive. It takes up too many hours in the day. Number two is I purchased two phones. This is my main work one that people have called me on for years. Most people consider it my personal cell phone number. Now she holds on to this phone. And I got me a secondary phone, which is we call the bat phone. The bat phone, which means every client is now directly to her. So when I'm at a customer's house, I'm not denying 30 phone calls. And people feel like they can't get a hold of me. She's able to answer every call because that homeowner needs to know I'm present. Mm -hmm. So she now holds the work phone, answers all the calls, and immediately loads it into my Google Calendar. So if something comes up, I see it populate on my other phone, and I'm able to go knock that out without it taking hours or that client being away. May I ask a quick question in here? Can you you tell me, like, percentage-wise, after you added your wife, um, how much more income that allowed? If 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 you have any, like, idea? So since bringing in Katie, I can steadily, steadily stay at a consistent base of bringing 300,000 plus three to 400,000 of residential roofs in Georgia a month. Mm -hmm. Um, I can have a great month where it can hit four to five. I believe we got a five. Is that significantly above what you were doing before? Would you say it was 200 before? The most I had ever done by myself before Katie was a, was a maximum month. I did 350,000 in installs. I don't count contracts. I don't count approved jobs. I count it built when it's built is when I count. So I was an average, I would say 200,000 by myself. So at least a hundred thousand dollars in revenue additional. We were talking about this yesterday uh, with Aaron Christie from Indie Roofs, but he's like, that's probably more income than she would have been making by herself on whatever she was doing before. It's so like, yeah, when I met her, she was a she was a uh, a manager at Longhorn. Yeah, and she funny thing, she met me through my marketing. 
So there's this, I, I, I'm, I'm friends with someone who runs this big famous Instagram page over Atlanta mm-hmm. and they would, and they featured me as every time it rained, every time it rained, they were like, and they would put a mark in like, Hey, what's going on guys? It's Jacob. It's pouring down rain. If you guys need emergency tarping, give me a call. It was going through their Instagram feed. And she saw me on Instagram through a marketing thing and just hit me up and said, Hey, one day. And was it the Daisy do- Dukes? I was wearing the Daisy Dukes back then. Yeah. Oh, okay. it was the Daisy so she got, he got her with the Daisy Dukes. I like it. <laughs> and good marketing. Good marketing can uh, it, get you it a worked. It was, it was the best ad I ever got. And, you know, that one yeah. ad that ended up costing me 200 bucks brought me an additional $100,000 every single month. That's <laughs> incredible. Did? I wish that more people, I do <laughs> think that more roofers probably could partner with influential Instagram pages in the area. So that's a nice nugget it's vital and so not only does she do um what she does as far as that goes let me show you something that's a little scary i love it though um i'm not sure it's going to show up on the screen so well but let's go back if you can see all this let me see real quick do y'all see everything okay so it's just a very very full calendar basically okay there we go all right so every blue and blue outline is a build yeah every so that's that's a build. That's one month. That's the next month. Yeah, it's very, 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 very packed. Oh, it's saying this for the, it's some this folks month. will listen to this on audio, so I'm just describing it. Oh, it's yeah, it's completely swamped, and it's just like, and she has an Excel sheet right there on the table behind me, and it's like boom, boom, boom. Like we're already written out what we have built for March, and she's like, all right, cool. So she checks the Aculinks every day. Hey, who needs to write their first check? Who do you need to send their shingle contract over to? And it's just moving to the next step so I can continue to do what I should do, sell. Yeah, yeah. And if you, when you can have a wife involved, and one thing I've learned, there's one thing that people go, what is the secret to Frazier's success? Because Frazier is one of the most prominent, probably the most, I would, I would guess one of the most profitable roofing companies in the Atlanta market or in the Georgia market. And the thing is we bring family as a part of our motto. The code is called Faith Family Fraser Roofing. That's the motto. Mm-hmm. So they are very faith-based in their integrity and the way that they and the way that they handle things is, is extremely full of integrity. Uh, they are a faith-driven company. And then family. So the wives are very much involved with our sales reps across the board. Very it's very common that they have some type of involvement. And I have learned that when I text a guy that's using that I'm using for assistance. I add their wife to the group text message because the mm. wife will make sure that man gets it done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Men are always so jumping around, but if that wife's tagged, you think he's missing that appointment? No. Cause he's going to sleep on the couch. Cause she's like, baby, that's money. Like yeah. I clearly see that you missed out on money and, and guys do it all the time. Cause we're so scatterbrained. We're all over the place. Yeah. The ladies keep us in check. So she keeps me in check. She keeps me in line. I literally was in, I, we booked the Airbnb cause we had some guest speakers the other day. One of the, Sales reps are staying with me. She, he heard her on speakerphone call me, and she's like, "Well, you need to knock this out like right now." Is what she said to me. He's like, "Dad, gum! I wish my wife would talk to me like that." I'm like, "No, you'll yeah. get her out. You'll get tired of it." He's like, "Bro, she's on it." I'm like, "Oh yeah, she don't play no games." No, and I, I, I also <laughs> love that. What is the thing she wrote on you? Wrote on the piece of paper. Like this is exactly practice, my wife practice too. Practice the pause. Practice the pause, dude. I just love. I, I love your wife. She's awesome. That's all I'm gonna say. She's awesome, and I, 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 literally, my wife has made me such a like I, I'm, 
such a better person for her being around. So I just want to like not do a nod to the ladies that are keeping some of us in check. You and uh, you need you need both. You need both. You need the neurotic, intense kind of crazy, uh, the craziness of us high driven dudes, and you need that that um, practice the pause. Yeah. Wife, you need I, smart, you need smart people on the backside. I didn't know it was Ladies Month of Roofing. You you taught me that. I had no idea. Yeah. So I'm going to give a – can I give a shout-out to a lady in roofing real quick? Absolutely. Okay, so a good friend of mine. It's so funny that this happened yesterday. So two nights ago um, – I'm sure you're familiar with Kimba Garcia, right? Yes. Okay, so dear friend, um, she's texting me, and she's like, man, we really need a storm. Like we haven't had a storm, a solid storm in two years. And she's like – she literally wrote me that night. Praying and manifesting, like she's just confident, like it's coming. I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe yeah. for it. It's gonna happen. The yeah. next morning, unexpectedly, sends me a video. It's hailing in Dallas, Texas, yesterday morning. That is, that sends is me the video, yeah. and there's a picture on her Facebook, like she's in tears. And the tears meant something special to me because I remember her specifically telling me how bad she needed it, and I knew how genuine that post was. She's an alpha. She declares what she wants, and she's getting stuff done. And that's really incredible. Like, that's really yeah. incredible to see. So shout out to the women out there crushing it and killing it. Shout outs to the Becca Switzers. Becca's yeah. a dear, dear friend of mine. Um, absolutely, absolutely incredible. And these ladies deserve all the shout outs in the world. Um, I saw a company in Atlanta last night. Their top salesman this month was at, I think she was at 350000 I don't know who the girl is, but that's that's in contracts for the month of February. And mm. um was a lady on the top of their sales chart. I was like, shout out to her. Don't know who she is, but I, good job. You know what I, I have a theory just to get on one little soapbox at the end here. Like I do have a theory because <laughs> I hear people saying like, well, you know, the, the market's not ready for it. Like I know women are going to be great in sales or, you know, I'm not, I'm not ripping on the idea. I'm not, I'm yeah. not negatively talking about this. I'm simply saying, I do think there is mindset shifts and, and structural things at companies that will allow this. Like if you have the idea, the old idea that they can't or that homeowners won't accept it or something like that. No offense. If I'm a homeowner, which I am, and I'm and a female comes, it, it does. I have a little less ego. I have I'm a little bit more chill. And, you know, and my wife, has a female that comes in and sells her anything with home services and she's, she's authoritative. And, you know, certainly there's training, you know, you, you yeah. just throw these ladies in without anything. But the point is, is like, she's going to be more comfortable too. So I just, and we're not getting rid of sales dudes. Okay. Don't get scared out there guys. We're just saying like, invite <laughs> some more females in. Okay. We, you want good teammates. These, these ladies are going to make great teammates. You just, you can't act like, they're at a disadvantage. You can't act, like, there's a certain, there's like this old idea that's kind of holding roofing companies back right now. And I just think it's waste. It's you're not getting money that you should be getting because you have yeah. this old idea. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know what? It's time that some old ideas do get retired. It's time. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cool things coming. And the more that we wake up to it and you got to get with it, you know, things are coming. Mm -hmm. Women are coming and roofing. AI is coming and roofing. Mm -hmm. Everything's coming. So you better get with it or die feeling it. One of the two. Yeah. And that's the kind of goes back to that beginning. We were talking about being a little uncomfortable. You don't deserve comfort. 
You know what I mean? And you don't deserve safety, really. Like, this is a dangerous world. AI is feels dangerous to some people. Like, women coming into roofing might feel... Da- like, you don't deserve, like, pure safety. Like, we have to be competitive, and we have to uh, grow up, and we have to, like, basically ride the wave of what's coming like we have to we have to ride the wave of what's coming and it's going to be something different next year or five years from now that's scary and we just have to ride it you don't you don't get rid of that fear really you know how, do you know how you ride a wave how you get on top of it yeah that's, that's really how you ride a wave you get on top of the wave you stand up on top of it and you ride that board in if you're not staying on top of it and you're watching it happen you're like well i'm gonna play with it no get on top of it Mm-hmm. Be, be the leader in it. Absolutely. You got to get on top of it. And there's not a single person who's great, who applauds comfort. Like watch the biggest podcast on the on planet earth. It's people like Joe Rogan and <clears throat> uh, what's the psychologist name that he's P- Jordan Peterson, um, Grant Cardone's um, Andy Frasilla's there. And more, I can keep going. All yeah. these people talk about preach. You can't be in comfort. You don't deserve to be. There's leaders in the roofing industry. I think one that Dmitry Lipinski, he's always training himself to be out of his comfort zone. Oh, yeah. I respect that. Um, and from what I see, I just follow him online. I'm like his ice baths, everything. It's getting uncomfortable, pushing mm-hmm. yourself to the next level. And you got to put yourself out there. And if you don't put yourself out there where it's uncomfortable, put yourself on social media. And you got to, you got to be vulnerable. But that's where you grow. You grow in discomfort. How do muscles grow? You break them down. That's how it happens. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I did a 14-minute ice bath the other day, which I will say that was, is insane. I don't even know if you're supposed to go that long. but um, <laughs> Man, anyways, that's intense. I, I had to throw that in there. I had to throw that in there. Okay, so anyways, I really appreciate you being on. Uh, how can people check you out online if they, if you, uh, they wanted to contact you or follow you or whatever? So I'm really responsive. You can message me on Facebook. My, my last name is spelled F-U-C-H-S. So you can look up Jacob. Um, I'm in the Atlanta market. My Instagram is J-F-U-C-H-S 91. So J-Fox or J is spelled looks like Fuchs. J-Fuchs 91 would be my Instagram. Um, I use TikTok too. It's called Daddy and B. My daughter's name is Brooklyn, but I call her B. So if you type in Daddy and B, um, you'll see us on uh, you'll see us on TikTok. Which I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn all the. It's it's about time in the day, time in the day yeah. for all the social media platforms. But I try. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I appreciate you being on. Um, I appreciate you inviting me. Absolutely. Thank you uh, for being generous with the audience. Um, the podcast is put on by HookAgency.com. Hook Agency all over social. Thank you for rating and reviewing, thumbs up, uh, commenting, that kind of stuff. All right, appreciate everyone. Bye bye.